Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. Sacramento, 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 Sacramento. Turner Sparks just got married and has moved home to America after 12 years living in China. Sir Michael Ira Kaplan has two kids, a wife, a job, and has spent his entire life in the USA. Neither one can figure their country out. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 191. My name's Turner Sparks. And I'm Cap in America. You can find me at Turner Sparks on Instagram. You can find Cap in America at Cap in America on Instagram. Uh, also, this pod's on Instagram. We're at Lost in America Pod. Go to lostinamericapod.com to subscribe to this podcast to figure out everything you need. Kaplan, we have... Ben Frank on the show today, the great Ben. Oh, also, wait, let's talk about our Patreon show. Yeah, please. Let's start with the, why are you, let's start with the most important thing. This show is not important. The The show you're watching. The world, the show you're watching is not (laughs) unimportant to me. Turn it off right now. Turn this off. Turn this off. Go to Patreon, subscribe, patreon.com slash lost in America. Go there. Get live from the bunker. It's the world's number one quarantine podcast, Kaplan. We do it almost daily. Um, our lawyers say we can't say daily anymore because it's not exactly daily, but it's semi-daily. It's like four times a week. We're doing shows about our lives and how we're dealing, how we're coping with these crazy times we're living in. We so, wanted to say daily, and then Blue Shirt said he's getting cease and desist orders yeah, from, the, from the people the calendar at people. The daily. <laughs> at the daily. Over at, over at uh, the New York Times. At bi- so, over at Big Pod. A big pot. Yeah. yeah. We're the last indie podcast. Yeah. The Support last us. good indie. I mean, there's a lot of garbage. The terrible indie podcast. There's a lot of terrible podcasts out there. You know those podcasts? You can't even hear them talk. You're like, oh, what is it? These guys recording on a Casio keyboard or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, talking <laughs> uh, through a, talking well, through a, a one can. thing you can say about our podcast, especially our Patreon, is you can hear it. We, we come at yes. you loud. We are, we are full of emotion. It may not be good, but you can hear it. No, you will hear us screaming about all things, about our trips, about our bunkers, about everything, everything we're doing. So it's good stuff. You're getting, you're getting the best stuff. You're getting our A material. Here you're getting your, our B material. So let's go. Here's B that. material over there. And where else do you get daily information on uh, the pandemic? You can't find information on the pandemic anywhere else. No, nobody knows anything anymore. Nobody knows what, the, nobody is what. No, They're not even covering it. If you don't want to be on Twitter, you want to be one of those annoying online people. You just want to be a normal person who watches the nightly news. You need something else, though. You need you need us. We come at you. We we summarize what we learned, what we gleaned. From, unfiltered. Unfiltered from the president, from the governor of New York, from anybody else who's important. Press conferences, but, from but, our daily but. lives, what I'm seeing on the street. I give you the New York City street report before anyone but else. I say unfiltered, Kaplan, 
But if you subscribe for $5 a month and we say something that offends you and then you tell us, we will stop saying it. We will, because you have say over us. Yeah, we'll you can cancel us. You. If you're pro cancel <laughs> culture, this is this pod for you because you can can't. We will let you cancel anything we believe in for five dollars a month. We're, we can be five dollars a month. I am very passionate about certain things in this life, but I will completely flip flop on them for five dollars a month. <laughs> Our so. loyalty can be bought for five dollars <laughs> a month. Yeah, don't ask me what we do if two different listeners have exact opposite views on something and both pay five dollars and want us to do something. I don't know what we do there, but well, it hasn't happened yeah. because with our We've created a monoculture over there. Yeah, exactly. We so all think the same way. Everyone believes what we say. Oh, there you go. We're the real it's leaders. We're creating a cult. Come join We're us. We're creating a cult, but for $5 a month, you can be the leader of the cult. Yes, we're trying exactly. To say. Let's get back to this podcast, Kaplan, because yeah. that's what—that's the, the matter at hand. Ben what, Frank. Ben He's on the Frank. other side of the line. He's calling in from New. I mean, from uh, from uh, Shanghai. Undisclosed location, we have to say, since we can't actually see him. He's been blocked out by our sensors. Yeah, the sensors, because he's in China, the sensors over there has, have blocked his video. They Chairman Xi said, no said no video. That was the um, negotiating we did. First, they yeah. said, we will not allow him to be on the show. Yeah. And we said, well, he's a personal friend. We've known for years. He has some information. He just did comedy in Wuhan, China. Who, what other podcast on earth has a comedian who was in Wuhan doing stand-up comedy two weeks ago? None. I can't do comedy in Brooklyn. You can do it in Wuhan. <laughs> you can't get, What's you going can't on get with this pandemic? Stand up in New York and he's getting booked in Wuhan. This is insane. Blonde John won't book me for a parking lot <laughs> in Queens. Central Parker, yeah. And I can go, and he, this guy's going to Wuhan and standing up. He's, I think he did it from the wet market. We're going to find out. Live from the wet market would <laughs> yeah. be the only show better than Live from the Bunker that I would That'd be a great album. Be a great album, Live from the wet market. <laughs> That's my next special, Live from the wet market. He might be doing that before you. So yeah, we're going to find out what it's like, right? Because you have no idea. You don't have any sources still there. No, all my sources are, they're either gone or they're, you know, they're locked up. <laughs> they're, they're not, they're not they talking is what you're saying. They're not talking. Dead don't talk as they yeah. say. Yeah. So uh, anyway, they told us we can interview them audio, but no video. Okay. So there you go. That's the yeah. good compromise. That's so, what you do. You make a deal. We made a deal. So. We made a deal. He's here. Kaplan, before we bring him in, yeah. what do you know? What do you, how, where, how do you think this is going to go? Because we like, we call ourselves, you know, we're the, uh, uh, we want to give you information to make you the smartest blowhard at the cocktail party on yes. this show. We want to. What cocktail party conversation? I, in so I think, yeah, well, I think that when you're at a party, um, and believe me, I just saw they're busting, they just busted some party out in the East River. 170 people were partying on a boat. So people are partying. I like I know the way that. you started that sentence. Let me just cut you up there. You say, believe me. That's every good blowhard. Yeah. They oh, tell believe you, me. Believe me. I think I learned that from the president. He's a great. <laughs> so I say, believe. So believe what do you think me. it was like performing? If you're performing you're comedy be, in Wuhan right now. Right. So, well, when you're at a party, I believe, you know, something about Wuhan, that's going to give you an edge because Wuhan's like, it's like one of the top places to know something about right now in the world. It's a hot button. It's, it's up there. It, yeah. it carries some gravitas. It's like everybody knows about Chernobyl now because they watched some HBO miniseries. But back when Chernobyl happened, nobody knew anything, right? If you were a blowhard in 19, what year was that? I forget. It's the new, yeah, it's the new Paris. It's the new Paris of blowhard. Yeah. So, so I think, what do I think? I think people in Wuhan are- uh, What's going on in Wuhan, Captain? Having fun with their name. They're they're out in this, they're, they're, they, they survived a horrible situation. They're probably back to life. They're probably partying a lot. They're probably laughing at, the situation, how the how? Oh, look! The whole world knows us. We're famous. <laughs> uh, we, we, you know, the same way the Spanish were laughing out in nineteen eighteen. Now, do you think they're doing the Cuomo move? You know, the governor Cuomo. We have thirty two thousand dead. 
But because we got it earlier, we also got over it quicker in New York State. So now he's braggadocious about. I the think whole thing. the mayor of Wuhan is probably yeah taking a victory lap. Yeah. Uh, I think the wet we've markets, climbed the mountain. Do you think he's talking about how he climbed he's the mountain? Talking about it, climb the mountain. I think that the wet markets are probably doing better than ever because people feel like, well, what are the odds of another pandemic? Like yes. this is the golden year of the wet market, or, or because you're like, there's no chances we're going to create another problem in, at least for a few years. So let's go nuts. Of course, uh, as we always say, safest time to fly right after a exactly safest safest, safest time, time to go to Wuhan right after a pandemic. Yeah. So, and I think, um, I, I mean, I don't know. One thing I'm interested in, in as much as I like to be a blowhard and know everything is I don't know what the, the, uh, the, the, I suspect that there's still more cases in China than we've been led to believe, but I don't know that. Um, so I don't know if life's a hundred percent back to normal, but especially in Wuhan, I, I don't know hear, if anyone knows. I don't think they're giving Ben Frank that information. Ben Frank doesn't know. I know they testing people like crazy. They tested the whole city at one time at one well, day or two days. Comedy wise. Here's what I'm going to assume. Comedy yeah. wise. Uh, everyone in the audience is wearing a mask. I'm just yes. going up. If we're doing this in Brooklyn, they're doing it in Wuhan. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Everyone's wearing a mask. Yes. For social distancing. Including the comedians. I think. No, I think on stage you don't have to. Maybe the prop comics, but yeah. The prop comics are doing it for the bit. Yeah. yeah. For the material. And then I also think that the audience is social distance. Maybe you got, it seats 100, but you got 20 in there and they're really spread out type of deal. I think that nobody's sharing drinks. People are very, no, there's no popcorn out. You know, people yeah. are grabbing nuts off the bar. Camp. Is that a thing in China? Yeah, there's no nut sharing. There's no uh, whatever else. I share. think no- that shows you're not sharing mics. I think you're using your mic. Oh, anyway, your mic? Okay. I, I think they're overly precocious. If that's I think they're not like precocious. Precocious. Cautious. They're overly cautious. cautious yeah, cautious. Because they don't want it to happen again. I think they're not. Yeah. And they're probably not a lot of um, Western comics who are performing. I would think it's mostly locals because of travel, but. You know, I guess if you're already there, you get an advantage. And so, I think most and, of the jokes, yeah, they're going to be a lot about how great they did. Like, ha, 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 everyone America's else. A, a lot of America's a, a useful idiot humor, as we talk. Like, useful idiot America's humor. idiots. We, yeah, we got it right. Humor that promotes the party. Right? Pr- pr- party promoting humor, which we will do also for $5 a month if the government starts signing if up. the government's listening. Yeah, yes. you too can be our Patreon subscriber. <laughs> Uh, we'll take any, any any from a diplomat up to the president all the way down to a governor. We'll take governors. Yeah. And I obviously. but I do think that life is is fairly much more normal there probably than it is here, I'm guessing. All right. Other we than bring in Ben Frank? Yeah. yeah, let's find out. We blow hard enough. Ben Frank, come on in. How you doing? If you're buddy? still there. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 here. I, how how are you guys? It's, it was it was exciting to have a no not see your face while we talked while you didn't it was like a whole new situation here. I will say, yeah, this adds to this is going to be great on YouTube. By the way, everyone else subscribe to our YouTube channel. This is going to be great because every time we go to you, it's just a blank screen with your name. <laughs> I don't know if he's still there. It's great because like, we can't get your video. Yeah, how did we do? Of- how did we do on our assumptions there? Um. I think you got some things right, but uh, some things very wrong. I guess I can address a couple of things uh, that would, you know, very simple things that just from the end there, um, the audience, pretty much no one was wearing masks. Oh, wow. Uh, Almost. Yeah. Almost 100% non-mask wearers. Bunch of MAGA fans. Look at that. Yeah. Are they MAGA or are they Trump people? (laughs) Anti-maskers. Uh, I, yeah, so that, I mean, that basically, so, I mean, I've been doing, I've done comedy, you know, recently in Wuhan, as well as in Shanghai, 
uh, Chengdu, Chongqing, Changsha. I've done a few cities in China, and the crowds have not been wearing masks anywhere that I've gotten. There's maybe been a stray one or two people, you know, like those those people who are still holding out, but 95% of the crowd is not wearing masks. Wow. All right, Ben. So I, didn't, I also didn't set this up. You started, com, you ba- you're based in Shanghai. You didn't fly over there. You're not, obviously, we can't. I think it's illegal to fly into yeah. China right now. Right. That was a um, So you've been. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll set that up. So, I, yeah, I'm based in Shanghai. I've lived there for six years. And so you're, you're correct. The, uh, the, the borders, the Chinese borders have been closed since the end of March. So all the foreigners who are currently in China have been there since at least like the middle to end of March. Um, so they've been, they've all, we've all been stuck here for that, for that period of time. Uh, Are you yeah. allowed to leave? Yeah, we're technically allowed to leave, but if we left, we wouldn't be able to get back in. Uh, yeah. Yes. That, that, okay. That so for sense. work, you must stay, right? Right. So, yeah. So even if at this point, even if you have like a work permit, a valid visa, you still can't get into the country if you're if, if you're a foreigner. OK, so let's now go so, back to this show in Wuhan. You decided. Right. Can you set the whole thing up for me? How did what how did this come about? I know there's a scene there. It wasn't it wasn't there when I was living in China. There was no comedy scene in Wuhan, but there's one that's come up in the last few years. Right. Right. So basically it's, it's a small scene where they maybe have one open mic a week and then they'll have like one big show a month. It's kind of one of, one of those, one of those type of places. And basically the big show once a month would be, would usually be uh, maybe a comedian from Shanghai traveling in, or if in the times where we can have international travel, you might have an international comedian from the U S go out to Wuhan if they were so inclined. Uh, I know like someone like Matt Davis went out to Wuhan. Uh, some other people have gone there too. But uh, so basically once, once China was kind of reopening and recovering and some of these cities were looking to start doing shows again, I was talking to different promoters around the country and it sounded like Wuhan was one of the first cities that would actually be ready to have Amazing. to have comedians go there um and they want to my, capitalize yeah well yeah my thought process was so you you guys have probably heard this that the the, the tracking in terms of like what the chinese government has done in terms of tracking individuals uh and your your contact with other people who may or may not be sick uh, is very detailed and what they've kind of done is they've used all that data and they now actually have a mini app that basically you can go and look at any city in China and it will tell you within that city uh, on the district level or even more detailed than that, if that district within that city is high risk, medium risk or low risk for COVID. So you can actually look. So before I went to Wuhan, I looked at the entire city of Wuhan, every district and it said every district is low risk. Wow. So I was That's like, great. So I was like, okay, it guess it's safe to go there. And what, what districts are, are there still cities that are high risk or is the whole country kind of over? It? So at the time I was looking at this, the only place that had kind of had a flare up was Beijing. Like, like, a, like a few weeks ago, Beijing had a flare up and it had some places that were maybe medium to high risk. Uh, but I think they got that mostly under control. So Pretty much the whole country at this point would be considered low risk. 
Um, most, yeah, pretty much people anywhere in China can freely travel domestically. Okay. People in general don't wear masks, I guess, at this point. They don't feel there's any need. So at least in Shanghai now, people are still wearing masks like on the metro, but in general, everyday life, people have stopped wearing it most places. Wow. But doesn't uh, it feel like a it's comedy, kind of gradually gotten safe. A comedy club is the pretty high I mean, that's as high risk as you can get. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> they didn't in know a that. Small though. room left. What about so going back to the show? Are there people? Um, sure. Uh, are they have they spread the audience out at all, or is there less people allowed in the room, or is it packed in? Or how does that work? Uh, no, there there were no social distancing wow. measures taken at this show. Oh my god! Life, this you're is like a death chamber. 2019. Have you been tested yeah. since you got back from this trip? <laughs> um, I've not been tested at any point during this process. I, I, like since since COVID started, I have not I have not been I have not been tested at any point. But you've not been sick either. No, I've no I've not I've I've not been sick either. But I've I've never been tested. I mean, I was lucky in terms of the traveling I did. I never had to do. There were some people who came back to China like right before the borders closed and had to do like a hard two week quarantine where the government like locked your door. I never had to do that. I just had to do kind of a soft self enforced quarantine so i was pretty lucky just based on the places i had traveled and things like that they so, lock your door from the outside they can do that i guess they can <laughs> just put like so yeah they, they basically like put, they basically put a mechanism on it that where if you open it it triggers something and they're and they're notified um so basically they have to like bring a person to send you your food and and all and take out your trash and stuff like that i never had to do that but i do know people who who, who had to. Yeah, we've talked to people on this podcast before who had that, um, that, that, that set up. But what, so for the show in Wuhan, so these guys uh, or, or women or whoever it was who's running the show tell you, um, hey, we get, we're back up and running. Like when did they decide, when were they back up and running in terms of doing comedy? So, so, so the show that I did was basically their, was their first show. They had maybe done an open mic or two before that. But this was their first real ticketed show that they had done. And when was that? This was uh, July 10th. Okay. So, so really, I mean, Wuhan got a hit in like October, November, I think unofficially, hmm. right, of last year. I, what, are the what do they officially say, December or January December, or something December's like official, right? Yeah, so it's been that's about nine months, eight nine months. It's like having a baby. Yeah, right. And the the lockdown was lifted April eighth, so it was basically three months after the lockdown. Got it. Okay. And then that, what about that ended? What about to get into? So there's no social distancing once you get in. Nobody's wearing masks once you get in. Um, is there any, do you have to show the app to get in? You know, we, we know you have that app that says like you're green. If it means you're good to go, you can go wherever you want. If you're yellow or if you're orange or if you're red, then there's restrictions on how you can travel. Like to get into the comedy show. Did they right. show anything? I don't think, I don't think they made people show anything at the door at this, this particular show from what I saw. These people are rolling the dice, yeah. baby. Yeah. Yeah, they've made it over the. Mountain. I mean, in different cities in China that I had gone to, 
they had required to show your health code uh, in different places, like to get into a hotel or to get into certain venues. But in Wuhan, I did not see that anywhere. I don't think I had to show a health code anywhere in Wuhan, surprisingly. Wow. Well, here's a question. Is that show, and if you can't answer this, that's fine. But um, actually, you know what? I'm not going to ask that question. I know the answer to it. I, I, I think what I'm trying to say <laughs> is, is that uh, they, they might be breaking other – it might be breaking other laws as well. So then who cares? Is that the idea? Like who cares if you're bringing breaking this one? I don't know. I, I don't want to out anybody. I know how it is to do comedy in China. Yeah. I mean, Take them all down. I mean, you're obviously, gone. no, yeah, yeah. Turner, obviously as you are aware from, from living here, the enforcement mechanisms between different cities vary tremendously. So, uh, and I think in Wuhan, at least compared to a city like Shanghai, uh, comedy does not have nearly the footprint or kind of the potential for spreading messages that it does in Shanghai. So I don't think, especially given everything that's going on, I don't think it's even on local officials' radar there at this point. Got it. So they're not stopping by. So these these uh, promoters aren't thinking like, oh, we got to obey the rules because someone's going to come by and check up on us. None of that's going on. Yeah, I don't think they're very concerned about that. I think we're far more conscious of that in Shanghai just because we've been on the government's radar and we, we've had more issues in, in the past. I don't think it's I don't think it's really much of an issue for the Wuhan people at this point, at least. OK, now, when you get on stage in Wuhan, what's the vibe like? It's the first show. It's the first headlining show they've had, I would imagine, in nine months. Um, are people nervous or what, what's the energy like in the room? Yeah, I mean, this was an interesting show because, I mean, another thing here is because they haven't had many shows in Wuhan and the people there don't get very much stage time, uh, you know, it's not the comedian's fault, but they're they're not very polished acts just because they haven't had a lot of chance to, to practice or work on work on their jokes. Yeah. So, uh, and so between that and the fact that the crowds haven't been seeing a lot of comedy, when you have a combination of comedians that aren't experienced and a crowd that's not experienced, uh, the, I got to be honest. The beginning of the show was 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 kind of was kind of rough. Um, yes, yes. Tell me what happened. I want to know. Were they doing um, like? Were they taking wild I, swings at COVID <laughs> jokes and stuff? And I don't even think they really were. Uh, oh, I think it was on. just. It, it, no, it wasn't. It wasn't obvious COVID jokes. I think it was just. I think the I think the comedians were a bit uncomfortable. I think the hosts were a bit uncomfortable. I think the audience was a bit uncomfortable. Uh, it basically got to the point where uh, before I went on stage, I did not hear a single laugh. <laughs> well, that's good. That doesn't spread the virus. That's even better. It's yeah, that's the best comedians to book. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> now, I, I was standing in the very back of the room. There could have been laughs at the front that I didn't hear, uh, but I don't I don't, rem I don't really as, remember. Them. As a comedian, do you guys love this like, notion of no laughs before you go on stage? So like you get one laugh. No, you're, you're, no, <laughs> not me. No. I don't know, Ben. What do you think? <laughs> well, you got to no. Well, I was I was especially I didn't have high expectations going into the show just because of the factors I mentioned. Just because it's like it, again, it's not a very mature scene. The the comedians are not super experienced. The audiences are not super experienced. I wasn't expecting it to be an easy show, um, but at the same time, when it was that quiet. And because I had, I had, I don't know, I told you this before, but I had, I had hired like a camera crew to film it. Uh, oh. So I had cameras oh, wow. set up everywhere. 
And, just bring uh, you know, people. and I'm just thinking a few minutes before I go on, I'm like, I'm like, I have made a terrible mistake here. <laughs> what? <laughs> Kaplan. Like what, like what have I done? I'm going to, I'm going to record the worst show ever. Kaplan, <laughs> the whole point of having openers is that so the crowd's laughing. I, I get it. I, I just think like as a, as a, like, well, I can't <laughs> do worse than that person mentality of like, no, least- but I mean, yes, on one hand, yes. But on the other hand, no, if no one's going to laugh, you could do that without an opener. Right, right. Okay. You're gonna go up by you could go up <laughs> blind, like literally people could sit down, I could walk on stage and no one's laughed. At least they've only not laughed for 10 seconds. Right. If you have a three, if you have five openers, they haven't laughed for a half an hour. Right. Yeah, odds are the one of those five openers said something remotely funny. They should have laughed at least once. So that's and if they that's, didn't, that's 30 <laughs> minutes of bored people. <laughs> people are all sleeping. So it's even worse. You'd rather <laughs> yeah. just go up blind and again by yourself. I, I, yeah, and again, I don't want to hate on the comedians. There, it's just a, it's just yeah. a matter of circumstance. It, it's just, but I'm it, shocked. You know, I'm shocked that they. There There's was, a reason there was, we didn't book any of them on this podcast. Let me about Ben. <laughs> let me just say this: I'm shocked there wasn't an Ari Temple in the whole place. Like every scene has these insane, crazy, wild swing open mic comedians who will go on stage and just be like, "Yo, raise your hand if your grandma died of COVID." <laughs> Like somebody, I thought I, no one even took a chance. Like that. <laughs> Good bit. No yeah. one. Do, you, and then it's like, do that oh, in every, New York, Turner. See how that plays. <laughs> you see, no, I guarantee there's people doing that at open mics right now. Open mics are notoriously horrible, and open mic comedians will—they don't know like how comedy works, so they'll do stuff like that. And everyone, in the, all the comedians in the back of the room are like, the audience is in shock. The comedians in the back are like, oh no, but it's at least it's eliciting. Like that's. In one hand, that's almost better than just boring for 30 minutes. You know? Definitely better. <laughs> no yeah. one did anything like that. Yeah, I mean, certainly. It, yeah, I mean, I, I think they may have done things like that, but I don't remember any. I don't remember any particular big swings they made that were memorably bad. It was just there wasn't much going on the the, the whole first half of the show. That's how long's a half of really, the show. Oh, well, it actually wasn't half of the show just okay. by time. But I mean, it was it was it was a ho- basically it was a host and four openers. But the four, four openers were doing very, very short sets, like five minutes. I see. Um, I see. OK. And then it was a break. And then the host came back on before bringing me up. Oh, there was a break break to let people get maybe an extra drink and let them yeah. leave. let them leave. Oh. <laughs> after. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, but people might not. They have yeah. as many options. They haven't done anything lately, so maybe it's more they're going to stay, right? Is that yeah? The- what are they going to do? Go back into quarantine? Yeah. Well, that well, that was the other thing is that when the show wasn't going so well and people weren't laughing, I was like, I was like, oh man, this sucks. What's wrong with these people? Or and then, but then I was like, well, they did just go through some pretty extreme trauma, so maybe I should cut a, a break here. Yes. If they're not, if they're not super jolly. <laughs> the whole now, time your audience is your audience um is this a chinese audience that speaks english is it a mixed or a foreign audience or are there foreigners no, are, there's there? no other foreign yeah i was gonna say there's no foreigners there are there or for the most part there there are still foreigners there the audience was mixed between foreigners and and chinese but definitely definitely a definitely a decent amount of foreigners i mean the um, foreigners i saw but, it on the news they were getting evacuated on cnn Right, but so there were some that got evacuated and got on planes back to their home country, but then there were some who 
either that wasn't available to them or they weren't able to get on a plane and they were just stuck there. Right. Well, it's like that Groundhog Day. Like you're seeing like the same people, right? Because aren't you used, you're used to in a, in a country like you're seeing like new people coming in, new foreigners who come on business. Yeah. And now you've got none of that. It's all those people who were there. The whole, well, you know. and also God bless these people because the ones who left, those are the ones who spread it around the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Since to find out. Super spreaders. Yeah. yeah. Super well, spreaders. And in, in addition to that, there could have been – there were pe- I know there were people who lived in Wuhan who traveled outside of Wuhan, but maybe stayed in Asia, stayed in China. And then after the lockdown ended, they went back to Wuhan. I see. Uh, so anyway, so this so they didn't go audience. to Italy or something. Then. Yeah. So your audience is a mix, a lot of expats. So then you get on stage. What, what, what do you open with? Um, so I remember my first pandemic. Is that what you're <laughs> Anybody um, here? So, so, so it's interesting. As I said, I filmed this and I'm in the process of editing and I'm going to put it online probably within the next two weeks. But um, you'll see if you watch it. I come on stage uh, with a whole lot of energy because I'm just like and it, way more than I normally would because I'm like, these people have just been dead. I need to just like scream at them i need i need to like whip them into a frenzy i need to do something oh, just because if i if i go up and just in my normal self and just start talking uh none of this is going to work so go up with a lot of energy i do some wuhan specific material talk about uh you know the virus and the pandemic a little a couple of like specific jokes i i wrote for wuhan or for wait, this wait, wait, situation wait. don't don't gloss over these what what are these jokes i want to know what you said Good. What's, well, what's Wuhan specific? Well, I mean, I can, I can, I can give a little bit of specifics, but this is this is going to go online, so I kind of want to be a, a little bit, a little bit of a teaser for you, for you and your audience to to watch to watch the set when it goes up. Oh, your video's going up. All right, just give us the broad strokes of one of the bits. What's yeah. it about? What's it about? Okay. Um, well, basically, the premise of one of the bits is that. Uh, People told me this is the worst time to go to Wuhan, but I think it's the best time to go because the city's safe, peaceful, and quiet. I guarantee within three years, this place is going to be full of tourists coming here out of curiosity, and they're going to be the worst tourists. So that's that's kind of the premise of, okay. of, of, of that bit. Okay. And then yeah, you're you, going to have your – that's a good point. You, yeah, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, as I said, I'm in the process of editing it. We're pretty pretty close to the end, but I'm you know putting together like a a thirty to, a thirty to thirty five minute video of the of of the set, so people can kind of see for themselves what the first comedy show in Wuhan after the lockdown was like. Sounds good. Um, all right, so then yeah, yeah. I mean, one day so you have Instagram they, influencers there and everything, so it's gonna be a, the are they laughing? Gonna change. Does, does your big energy work? <laughs> are they laughing when you get up? Um, they're definitely laughing considerably more than they were, uh, earlier in the show, which was, which was none. Uh, Um, it was, it was definitely an improvement, but it was certainly like one of those rooms that wasn't easy. It was, it it was an up and down show. Um, also it's a room that's not set up for comedy. There are a lot of distractions in there. So you got to do a lot of audience wrangling, do a lot of crowd work to, to keep people engaged. Uh, so... Mm -hmm. You know, I did more crowd work than I normally would. Ben, did you have did your you... camera? Uh, sorry, I was gonna say, did you have your camera crew edit the uh, film the other parts, the earlier comedians? Because you could just cut to them if you're. You need like <laughs> be like, look, laugh, no laugh, just do like a quick shame them and then move on. 
but no. Um, yeah, they they filmed some of the er, yeah. some of the earlier parts. I, yeah, so they, 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 they did. What is like the um, sentiment? You know, there was like a rumor in in Wuhan and China for a while that there was American soldiers who started the yes. virus. Is that still? Do people still think that, or did people ever think that? Was that just on our news? So I don't know what the specific rumors were and how widespread and how many people actually believe that, but they definitely, so for, for January, like during like January and February, the whole global narrative was, this was a Chinese virus. This virus was from China. This was all China's fault. And then once China started to control things a bit, like in March, and then when things started to get out of control in the U S and other places, all of a sudden China flipped the narrative and they were like, Hey, we need to close our borders because you guys are infected in all these other countries and you're going to bring it back into our country. Yeah, great move. You blame So that was why. Right. So that was why they closed the borders because they were like, at this point, we've got our shit together. You guys, you know, you're, you're all over the place. We're going to close off, you know, all of China to keep it safe. So that kind of started this fear of foreigners. So even in Shanghai, people experienced it a little bit where – uh, you know, you know, Chinese people might give you one of those looks where they're like, eh, stay away from me a little bit. But oh, yeah. I did experience this in Wuhan because I was supposed to, they were the booker, the promoter was supposed to book me a hotel. And then the day I was on the train, I was like, Hey, can you give me the hotel information? And he was like, Oh yeah, we couldn't book you a hotel. I was like, why? And he goes, cause you're an American, you have an American passport. They wouldn't, they wouldn't book a hotel for an American. Wow. wow. Discrimination. Um, that. yeah, that's like us with Delaware. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> New York State's the exact same. So everyone was scared of New Yorkers for a few months. And now, like, New York's blocking other states from getting. Chairman Cuomo won't allow Delaware and other states in. Chairman Cuomo will not allow. Yeah. Yeah. So. Delaware's not allowed. <laughs> Texas is not allowed. Florida. Nobody. California. Yeah. It's a yeah. long list. And they won't book them a hotel. You can't get a hotel if you're from Delaware in this great state of New York. Right. Yeah. Do, yeah, I don't know if we enforce Dude, it. But that's pretty interesting. Yeah. But that was the first time I had heard specifically a city not uh, giving a hotel room to Americans. A lot of cities in China and a lot of hotels are not letting any foreigners stay there. That's pretty common. Like when I was traveling to other Chinese cities before uh, Wuhan, I had to check like a few weeks in advance to try to find a hotel that would take me. That Because just most of like the three-star budget Hotels were just not taking any foreigners. Uh, but this is the first time I heard them specifically targeting Americans. But it's really interesting that they're not allowing foreigners because the borders have been closed since the end of March. Yeah, so exactly. Everyone who's a foreigner has been in the country for four months. Like, they're I mean, no higher a, risk than anyone else. Unless you're an it's, American sleeper agent, they're saying. And you're, yeah. It's kind of amazing that that's legal. Like if we did that in America, that would be no. You can never ever do that. That would not be legal. <laughs> yeah, foreigners cannot stay at hotels. Oh, yeah. in the United States of America. <laughs> yeah, it sounds Pretty like wild. yeah. In the south, it's, of it's, the... it's bizarre. So then, so the, but it's the funny because I've even gone. To... Yeah, go ahead, Ben. Yeah, sorry. No, no, I, I was just saying because it's funny because the, like they've they've kept foreigners out of the country, but they still definitely act like act like you're a threat. Like I was at the airport, uh, you know, a month, month and a half ago. And they asked me, they're like, oh, have you been out of the country in the last 14 days? I'm like, how? 
How would I have done that? Your, 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 your borders have been closed for three months. What kind of capabilities do you think I have? I've uh-huh. snuck into North Korea. I snuck back in. <laughs> yeah. So you flew to Wuhan from Shanghai? Yeah. No, I took the train. Oh, you took the train. That's, what is that? Ten hours? Yeah. No, no, no. High speed, high speed rail. You can get there in like five. High speed rail. I forgot. This country, I went, high speed rail. They got no. I went years ago. Yeah, was, four, uh, four or five, four or five hours. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. And so, did then, you? Um, yeah, when you were ahead, in Wuhan, go. I was going to. Did you like walk around the city a lot? Did you go, check out the wet markets? Like, did you see what's the vibe? What, what the life's like there? Uh, so I didn't have a chance to check out the wet market, but like the, the real interesting thing about going there is that just from my experience being there, you would have had no clue that anything had happened. Wow. It, it, nothing seemed different than the, cause I had been there like a year and a half ago. Um, obviously long before any of this happened and it didn't, it, yeah, it didn't really hit me as a different place. Uh, it, it, there, there was nothing about it that seemed that seemed strange or marked this incredible event that had just happened. And what about after the show, when you're talking to the audience, is that a topic of discussion or have, has everyone just kind of moved on? I think people are, people are still, are still talking about it, but I also, it's, it's a little bit of both because it's such a dominant part of people's lives that it's hard not to talk about it, but at the same time, they're kind of over it, it in a way, because as you like Wuhan, even within China was just before all this happened, it was just a very nondescript city with no, cons- with yeah. no real identity. Now they're famous um, forever. The rest of their history. Yeah, I know. World or, civilization. I, I like how they're over it. It's like, yeah, yeah you don't get permission to decide yeah. when it's Wuhan's over. Wuhan's going to be known for this. I hope they're aware for a long yeah, time. Yeah, Wuhan, you're never you're over this. Yeah. Like every time, you, if you're from Wuhan, it'll probably be annoying. Was, People are going to, every time you meet someone, they're going to be like, oh, Wuhan. Oh, as Kaplan what? said, it's like being from Chernobyl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, we're, okay, right, we're yeah. over it. It's like, well, <laughs> apologies, but uh, no one else is. Yeah. Good for you. They went from being this anonymous. They went from being this anonymous city in central China to now being, you know, this this place that literally everyone in the world knows. Yeah, it's one of Um, those famous places in the world. Well, and I think uh, what estimates of millions and millions of people are carrying a piece of Wuhan inside of them right now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wuhan flu. That's a nice. That's a nice. Wuhan flu. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I like that. It is good that they're it's like, over it's like, it's like having it's a piece of the Berlin Wall or something. They're yeah, over it. Just like that. Just as good for you. Yeah. If you swallow the Berlin Wall. But yeah. So <laughs> what about the rest of the the places you're performing in China though? Are they all similar as far as the same like no social distancing really or masks needed anymore? Yeah, I mean it's at least at the shows, all the shows I've done in Shanghai and in different different cities. The audiences aren't wearing masks. There's no social distancing being enforced uh, at the shows. Uh, and life in these cities is pretty much normal, pretty much back to what it was. Really, in China now, the only the only thing that's really not normal or different is that we can't travel internationally. But if you just contain everything within a domestic sphere, um, pretty much everything's back because even, even, even schools are back. People are going to school in person. So... 
it's Maybe life this is, is this is actually great because um you know foreign comedians can't come over so like you guys yeah, you, exactly so the big headliners right? forever you can just keep going <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, I've been trying to take advantage of that and go do as many of these different cities as, uh, as, as I can. I mean, cause obviously I can't travel outside the country. So I'm like, I'm thinking let's, let's just exhaust every possible room in this country that I can. Yeah. yeah. And if you can, I mean, if you can write as quick as you can write a new hour, you can go back and do it again. You should just see if you can write a new hour, like every two months. You can become the official comedian of the country at this and point, just, because you have no competition. Of no just stay in. on tour all times. Yeah. Yes, but yeah, it is this kind of self-contained um, little little scene now, um, where you know you just kind of have because it's really the only the only comedians now that are really capable of touring around the country for the most part are the better comedians out of Shanghai. Those are uh, those yeah. are really you know there might be all you have to do all you have to do is be better than those that group of comedians who couldn't get a single laugh in thirty minutes. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. So, yeah, but they all have a yeah. chance to perk on their act too. They don't have competition either. So they can all just keep going every night, like Groundhog Day, till you get it right. It <laughs> is now an advantage for them. You know how like New York City is one of the people say in comedy, don't write local material because local material doesn't travel. Like if I'm from Sacramento and all my jokes are right. about Sacramento, I'll kill in Sacramento. But the minute I go to like Tucson, Arizona, they don't know what I'm talking about. That is 100% true, except if you're from New York City, because people under, because so many movies are about New York that people can get like, oh, I was in Brooklyn and people know what you're talking about, even if you're around the world. It might not be great, but they'll get it. So right. now the only two places in the world where you can do that is Brooklyn and Wuhan. <laughs> so these guys actually have a real leg up. They can, yeah. they can have an hour of Wuhan jokes and you could do them in London and kill at the comedy store. Yeah. Piccadilly That's Circus. Good yeah. You just gave them. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's kind of weird now because because Shanghai is one of at, at least kind of through the whole spring and now most of the summer now, Shanghai is like one of the few cities in the world where you've been to been able to regularly perform live comedy. So I've been very lucky to get more stage time this year than probably almost anybody. I was going to say, you're probably better world. than everybody. You're probably the best comedian in the world right now because – even Chris Rock, he hasn't performed in nine months, you know? <laughs> so, sharper. You're definitely sharper than Chris Rock. You're sharper. You're on your game. We're all like coming back from the ball, but we're all fat and slow and, you know, we're, we're, we're a step and a half behind. I don't know if you saw TJ Warren drop 53 points on the Sixers in the first game back. From the <laughs> right. He's TJ Warren. <laughs> Are we missing anything? Because we, we desperately want to get into some NBA. You also work for the NBA in China. Which That's my segue. So fascinating to me. Yeah. But are we missing anything on this yeah. comedy thing in Wuhan? Any, any question? Anything you didn't get to talk about here that, we're, that we forgot about? Um, okay. The, now, uh, this one other interesting thing that I noticed. So, because in one trip, in that one weekend, I did Wuhan. And then the next day, I went to uh, Changsha, which is about, it's it's like, it's about a five-hour train ride. It's 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 about a five hour drive away, but it's basically, it's the capital city of the next province over. Um, so, so basically, but the interesting thing is that objectively, given all the data, everyone kind of acknowledged like Wuhan's low risk. You can go to Wuhan. And when you leave Wuhan, you don't have to quarantine or anything, but there's still 
people are still kind of like spooked a little bit by the name and even in china and especially in these other nearby cities and these nearby provinces because when people fled from wuhan and fled from hubei province they fled to these nearby provinces and they spread uh covid to all these other places so they kind of resent wuhan so it was really funny when i went to changsha the next day after wuhan um, and like the guy was helping me check into the hotel and he like asked how my trip was. I'm like, Oh, it was good. And then he was like, Oh, did you come from Shanghai? And I'm like, no, I came from Wuhan. And he's like, shut up, be quiet. Don't, don't, don't let them hear you again. That's like us with Delaware. <laughs> yeah. It's these weird messages, mixed messages of like, Oh yeah, Wuhan's all right. But also these people are still really sore about Wuhan. Well, yeah. it would be the same if I was, you know, went from New York somewhere. No, when I was months. in Maine last week, they were like, what area code is this? When I called somebody to reserve and they're like, I said, New York. And they, they didn't even want to meet with me, even though New York's numbers are great now. Cause it's like, they have that in their head. Like New York's like the hotbed. The same right. Way. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah. So it would be the equivalent of like, yeah, it definitely would be same. the equivalent of like going to Pennsylvania and be like, I came from New York and they're like, shh, be quiet. Like, we don't know. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So, so, so maybe they'll come up with a new town name. But anyway. What's the thought on the Houston Rockets right now in China? <laughs> are we fans or are we not fans? I'm talking general public. And you're not, a, I'm not making you be a spokesperson for uh, the NBA, but, uh, but just what do you. What's the vibe on the street? Are yeah. Kids, what's the vibe? You know, a lot they, of fans. Are people like, still naming their kids James as their American name? And, or Tracy. Or, no, James Harden. Yeah. No, there's a lot of yeah, Tracy's so, when I was there. Tracy yeah. McGrady's. Oh yeah. So there, it, it definitely, it reached the Rockets definitely reached a low point in their popularity right after that, that, that tweet happened yep. uh, in October. And to the point where, you know, it, it was a huge, I mean, it influenced NBA China's business tremendously in the sense that uh, so many partners just backed out of their agreements with the NBA and we're just like, yeah, we don't want to be associated with you anymore. Um, and we, you know, like we in our retail stores, we had to take all, all the Houston Rockets merchandise off the shelves, wow. which was a lot because they had been, they had been like the most popular team or one of the top two or three most popular teams. So all our stores would be filled with them. It's like the Redskins um, stuff so, was taken off the shelves in America recently. It's amazing. Yeah, it was, it was basically it was basically like that that all of the so it, it was just bizarre because they've just historically been one of if not the most popular teams in China and then literally overnight they were persona non grata uh, no one wanted anything to do with them I've, I've never I've never seen anything like it um, but gradually over the next few months we slowly reintroduced the Houston Rockets product back on the shelves. We maybe didn't put it in the front of the store, but we put it in the back of the store and people have been buying it, but it's Rebel. definitely, they haven't been buying them as much as they were before. For wow. sure. That's so are, are the so games who became the new TV? team? Oh. Are games back on TV, Ben, in general? Cause I know they took all the NBA off uh, television. So the games are still so CCTV the state TV uh, they still are not showing NBA games okay um, that yeah so basically that was um, 
That's happened since October and that hasn't changed. Um, so NBA China has a new CEO who is actually, his father used to be the head of CCTV sports. So people were like, oh, maybe they'll do something behind closed doors to get the NBA back on CCTV. But then CCTV was like, no, nah, that's not happening. Wow. It's not like an alternative sports channel that shows them. It's just the CC in China. That's not how it works. Yeah. So it like, it was basically, I mean, that's like the main, it's just like the main kind of the sports arm of the main like central TV station in in China, like just the most famous TV station that the most people, you know, it'd basically be the the equivalent of um, ABC, CBS or NBC in their, in their primes when they were like the big, you know, the, the big channels that that everybody had. Um, so, so basically that happened, but they're not on CCTV, but the NBA still has a rather large deal, um, with Tencent for the digital streaming rights and the NBA is back on Tencent. Um, and that was, that's really driven a lot by money because right, right before this tweet happened, I think uh, the Tencent had re-upped with the NBA for digital streaming rights for like, it's like a five-year, $1.5 billion contract. So basically $300 million a year for five years for the rights to stream the NBA in China. Uh, So they, yeah, so they are showing NBA games and that's, I mean, honestly, Honestly, that's how most people were watching the games anyway. Um, TV in China as a medium for watching the NBA had become less and less important over the last few years. Like the vast majority of people were watching like by streaming anyway. Cord cutters. You got a lot of cord cutters that you're saying in China. Yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, and it's been exciting the last couple of days with with real games coming back. And we've, you know, in our play zones here, our NBA play zones, we've been able to show the games live in the morning because the, the night games – uh, you know, at nine or 10 at night on the East coast are nine or 10 in the morning uh, here in China. So that's, well, that's been kind of I exciting thought. to actually have a real game action. I always thought that was a big part of the NBA success in China was the timing because you could watch games on the weekends in the morning. So you wake up on a Saturday morning and you watch the Friday night games, you wake up Sunday morning, you watch Saturday night games. And then during the weekdays, you could watch the West coast games on your lunch break. Yeah. You could, so I, I, people would always like eat, like uh, at lunch, go to a sports bar go or just like be in their office, but click on the game and watch the fourth quarter of some basketball game from noon to one while they're sitting there eating lunch or 1130 to one, whatever it might be. Um, so that's made it. Yeah. Me, yes, sir. One of the many things that made it so, so much better than NFL or anything else in China. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. The timing of the games helps, helps a lot. Uh, to get to get people watching that's it's definitely it's yeah it's more convenient people yeah people can watch at work you know on their phone on their lunch break it's yeah it's pretty convenient especially yeah, the timing ben it is almost midnight for you and we're running out of time over here um i think we got to get to the news okay. cap did i cut I, you off there I, well i was going to ask him how the nba in china uh fan feels are they okay with kneeling they're not turning off their tvs in protests about the players kneeling is that an issue because <laughs> Or they don't even know. No, I haven't. I haven't heard anything uh, about that. I just confused. I don't really think it's. <laughs> I don't think it's. I don't think it's been a factor here yet, uh, or I don't really anticipate it being a factor. 
but yeah, I think there has been a little bit of blowback, I think, from Western media about, uh, you know, because people are like, oh, well, you're allowing the players to have all these, uh, you know, social justice messages. Yeah. Yes. Why but you wouldn't allow anything Hong Kong related? What's what's with that? So th- I've heard that from Western media. Mm. Um, Western Wait, media. you mean you know, there's no people I, in mainland China complaining about that? That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's and well, I, yeah, I'm surprised I mean, that's, no one, that's no one can. I mean, I'm just upset. Like, no one can put the world, the earth is flat on the back of their jersey. Pizzagate's real. Dream. You know, they say you can say whatever you want, but you really, you can say what whatever you, you can want. say within the limit of these 24 different things. education reform. You could say, I mean, but yeah, you can't say geography reform. Yeah, they, they have a list of approved uh, of approved messages. Why can you not say Bill Weld for president? You know, <laughs> well, you can't say libertar- <laughs> libertarians unite. It's a it's a limited amount of free. It's free speech within limits, which makes it ultimately not free speech. That makes it appeal probably to the Chinese audience. So there you go. Wow. Exactly. I, I, I did not wonder, anticipate that. Ben, I wonder who they're taking <laughs> their notes think- from. <laughs> Let's say that. I'll leave it at that. I wonder yeah. who they're taking their notes from over there at the NBA. Who's in charge? Yeah. Ben is, apparently. Ben's in charge. Yeah. What I, I mean, you can't there's nothing there's nothing Israel related. There's nothing. No. It's very limited in scope. <laughs> Palestine. Right. You can't talk about Palestine, which no. is not a place. Am I right, Kaplan? Yes. That's not well, it's a pl- it is a pl- <laughs> let's let's not end on that. Let's let's end on something upbeat. <laughs> Let's not go there. We got the news here. They're get the real news to get to. Not a single thing about Wuhan. You can't. Nothing say. about Wuhan. Yeah. I'm going to keep this going for 10 more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ben. Thank you for doing it. Uh, that is, uh, we got to, Kaplan, I got to get to the news. You are a wealth of information. We might have to come you back, have you back on again, just to do a full NBA one, because I feel like we didn't do that justice, but we're out of time over here. It's been an hour we've spent with you. Yeah. So thank you so much. Yeah, How- yeah this was find- this. How can people find you? Sure. Um, I mean, literally, me we don't know on... where you are at all. <laughs> we can't. We just black screen or look at that. Yeah, you guys, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Ben Frank Comedy. Um, yeah, the, the handle is the same for both Twitter and Instagram at Ben Frank Comedy. Uh, and uh, yeah, stay tuned because I'll be posting. Uh, the link to the uh, the, the special from uh, from from Wuhan when it's when it's up, so you guys can all uh, tune in and, uh, and and see that. But yeah, follow uh, at Ben Frank Comedy. Has uh, anyone that. over there and uh, all the yeah, other content? All the other what? Sorry, yeah. A- any other any other content I post, whether it's it's videos or any anything any show information or anything like that. Okay, and has anyone over there already talked about doing a special from the wet market, or is that my idea? Um, I have Copyright not now. heard that good before before this podcast. Good. Uh, okay, but th- who knows? Turner it, Sparks comedy, live from the wet market. Keep your grubby hands off it. From the Friars Club to the wet market. That's that would be going. a great. That's a, that's the perfect sequel. It's the perfect. Just, sequel. I just pick you hold, holding like a squid in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ben. Thank you for doing it, Capital. Let's get to the news. Play the music. Play the music.
All right, we're back. Thanks, Ben Frank, for doing the show. Yes. Wow, what a wealth of information. We almost that was him. I, I don't know what he. I, I don't know his voice. I've never met him before, so I didn't see him at any point. But you can confirm that was his voice. That was his voice. All yes, right. I can say that a hundred percent, Captain. All right. We got some news to get to here. First news story of the week comes to us from Fox News. Ooh, they're a trusted news source. Oh, one, of the, one of the most trusted. Michigan from, Inn, an inn in Michigan, a hotel, a little hotel. hotel little. Michigan Inn breakfast. removes Norwegian flag as residents falsely believe it is the Confederate flag. Now that's interesting. Good. Norway. Wow. I don't know, because Norway, I think Norway's been going around this whole time thinking they're like one of these neutral countries and no one's got a strong opinion on. I'm glad we've, uh, we, we dis- oh, we've discovered their flag is hateful. It's a racist symbol. It's a racist flag. Yeah, I, <laughs> I looked it up. It looks uh, nothing like the... Well, it has red, white, and blue in it, which is... Yeah, so does flag. the American flag. Fair. So okay. The, <laughs> the Australian flag. flag. The French flag, the British flag. Are we should yeah. we cancel the colors red, white, and blue put well, together? Well, I'd like to know who the people the people who made this complaint must be young. They must be people who they must be people who never watched Dukes of Hazard growing up. You okay. know, because if you watch Dukes of Hazard, you, you, like they've never seen a Confederate flag. Is what I'm trying to say. They've no ah, I see. Okay, they, they never watched like uh, what Georgia football, Ole Miss football. Is that the football one of the football teams that a Confederate flag in there? Like they've never seen a. I don't know. They're just in a, like, how could you possibly think that's the Confederate flag? Is what I'm trying to say. You have well, to there's no stars in the, in the Norwegian flag. Yeah. Th- there's no anything. It's just the flag. It's like, I mean, maybe we should just cancel flags. Like, why do we need flags? Why would you have the Norway flag? Are they like, you show some, just America. That's it. American flags. The only one. Yeah. We cancel all their flags. Because they could be possibly mixed up for the Confederate flag. Well, because also, whenever you do this thing as a, as a business where you put flags that are not, you can get away with Canada, I guess. It's the only one that's loopholed in here. But when you start putting other flags in, you start, you're inviting yourself to get controversy. Because I start looking at them and I say, who don't you have? Like, ah, oh, you know, who'd you uh, leave out? Because, you know, I'm looking like there's no Israel. All right, here we go. No, but you oh. got, no, would you leave out England? Would you leave out, who do you leave out? Oh, you got a. All of a sudden, it's like, well, why do you have a flag of, uh, you know, Iran? Or well, I, mean, I think what you're talking about is like like sports bars in Central American countries, like the expat <laughs> bar. They usually, I think you just put up whatever comes in the box. Well, no. They sports have that bar- string and it has a lot of little countries' flags on it. Well, sports bars, I think, do a thing. I don't know if they do this intentionally, but you put up a flag and all of a sudden you're getting that country's business to watch soccer games. Well, that's what like, they're trying to do. Yeah, you yeah. just put in a Norway flag. You have nothing. To, like, you have to pick, like, the smart ones. Going to England is obviously too obvious. You know, everyone's got to England. You go Norway, all of a sudden, you're bringing in all the, but now maybe you're bringing in the racists too, because maybe racists don't know what a Confederate flag looks like anymore. <laughs> <I> think, <laughs> if there's one thing they're educated on, it's what the Confederate flag looks like. Like, they want to watch some old Dukes of Hazard episodes, some old Confederate. No. But, I mean, it's just bizarre. The, the Confederate flag is a crisscross. It's like a, it looks like an X. Right. And, the Norway flag looks like a, like a Christmas, like a wrapping, like a wrapped present. Yeah. Left to right. It's, it's up and down. The cross thing. I guess some people are triggered by the semi-ness of a cross. I just think that. So it's maybe what, you can't have two lines that cross each other in any way. No, so that's can't. triggering. No more that's, lines crossing. No more lines. Uh, crossing. Sorry about your cross that you, you know, everything. Okay. But maybe they should just, maybe we, this is, this is though in all seriousness, like why you need to like learn things that are bad. Yeah. Because like if you have no education about anything that was ever controversial in life, you won't know what you're when you see it. So there you go. People should still know what the Confederate looks like at least. 
even if they shouldn't use it ever. You are, is this an argument <laughs> for free speech? Yes, I'm making an argument for free speech. There Look we at that. go. <laughs> yeah, well, I get this though, because I remember when I was growing up, my friend Chris Valdez, he- uh, Shout out. Yeah, his grand, wow. No, his dad was from Chile, the great mm. country of Chile. Yes, and, their flies uh, confusing. Well, so he got a Chilean flag tattooed on his arm and he got it in high school. I think we were like 16. And he came to school and was showing it off to everybody. And everybody goes, why do you have a Texas flag on your arm? Yes. Are you from Texas? Everybody thought it was Texas. It's similar. And then this caused a lot of great frustration for him. So good thing he didn't get a Norwegian flag is what I'm saying. But I mean, Texas could become controversial too in some parts. So Well, no, it kind of was in Northern California. They go, yeah, wow, it, what are you from Texas? Like they wanted to cancel Texas back then in California. Yeah, you guys were ahead of everything. You canceled Columbus, you canceled Texas. Oh yeah, we did all the big, all the greats. <laughs> all the greats. <laughs> you did you ever cancel Norway though? No, we should have though. That's yeah. the one that but they would have. If Chris Valdez got Norway tattooed, they would have thought they probably I mean, would have canceled Norway. I would say like Sweden, like we talked about last week, they're for not social, you know, for them not taking the virus as seriously as Norway. But Norway's done nothing wrong. Don't cancel Norway. No, as uh, as far as we know. Yeah. I'm well, sure we can find something. Cap, next news story. Buffalo News. Buffalo, New York. Great city. We love Buffalo newspapers. We we've been going to them for months. Parents with children forced to do school at home. <laughs> Are drinking more. Hmm. So this is you, Kaplan. This is Tyler Sparks. This is uh, a this lot of people. Is one of you know? I used to say studies like this and newspaper articles were always based on flimsy evidence. Yes. You know, but this one says that we're drinking seven more drinks a month, which might not sound like a lot to you, like college kids, but that's from a percentage standpoint college. a lot. For, that's a lot for adults to be drinking more a month. Percentage seven drinks a month is a lot. Yeah. And I will say this: I didn't know for a fact that I was drinking more because of school when it was going on. But you see here, I'm drinking water doing the podcast. Yeah. I, chasing a hangover? No. Well, I was not drinking less. I'm not doing school right now. I've been drinking a lot less since school ended. So I'm trying ah. to say. So every you go, you listen to the tapes of those podcasts during the school year. I was wasted. Oh, you're pretty lit up. <laughs> I was lit up every night. So that's definitely, I mean, you can't, you just, because you, you know what it is? You realize like you're, you're trained as a, as a human once you get out of college, you can't drink during the day at work. Yeah. The Mad Men era is over. Like you can't go have a martini at lunch and have a drink at the pub. You know, they used to do that in the old days. Yes, when, sure, sure, sure. That's, but now when you're working from home, especially when you're dealing with any sort of stress at home, you realize like, I could just drink. Like, why can't I just have a drink? And maybe it's not, maybe you're doing Zoom calls with your colleagues and that's not, it's frowned upon. But you well, just point at your kids in the background. And you say, these kids, look, I need a drink. Everyone, uh, get back. Yeah. And you know who else drinks a lot, Kaplan? School teachers. Of course. You ever hung out with a group of school teachers? They get off school. They get off work at 3 p.m. They're at the bar at 3 p.m. Happy hour. Happy hour was invented for them. Yes, exactly. So now you are not only a parent, but also a school teacher. You're right. Good point. You're, so you're a teacher. Combining. Right. And you can never get mad at a teacher for let loose because you say teachers work hard. They're underpaid. Heroes. They're heroes. They're heroes. Yeah. So you can't, get let, you can't get mad at me for getting drunk at three in the afternoon now because you say I'm a, hero. I'm a hero. You're a hero. You're a frontline worker. Thank God the school's not going to start again in the fall so I could get back to drinking at three in the afternoon. <laughs> You're a first responder. I'm, they should be clapping for me outside the window right now. Three in the afternoon. Three in the afternoon, I want to get a curtain call. Last news story of the week <laughs> Vice Magazine. Oh, yes. Vice. I remember, is it Vice TV now? I, when I was a kid, it was a When I was in college, it was, a, it was a counterculture magazine. Yeah, I don't know. Are they related? Is it the same they thing? Were, of course, it's, yeah, it's the oh. same thing. They were counterculture. Mag there was a skate magazine. It was kind of mm. like, screw the man, say whatever you want, free speech. Of course, they've done a complete 180 now, and they are 
what's the opposite of counterculture? They are reinforcing culture. They are the, culture. <laughs> ex, they are reinforcing the accepted uh, norms, norms of the day. Mm. Right? Conformities. Conformity. Conformity. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, so now here's their thing. Have you been woke fished while mm. dating? Here's how to tell. Woke fished. Here's the idea, Kaplan. So now yeah, for, we have to start with catfished. What that means is someone sends you a means. picture online. We go, hey, this is me. It's a beautiful woman or a handsome guy. And they say, hey, this is me. Let's meet up. And then you go meet up with them and they're not that person. But That's late. what catfish means? I never knew. I've been using it wrong all this time. Yes, that's what catfish means. Too late, you've already met up with them, okay? Mm. Woke fish is now they're saying, hey, look at me. I'm woke. I'm a, some guy being like, hey, I'm a big time feminist. And then so you meet up with them, but he's really just calling himself a feminist so that you'll hook up with them. It, right. Which to me is 95% of them. And I've been saying this for years. I was on you, top of this. You were against ago. the feminists, the male feminists before. Yeah. You Not were against before. them as a thing, just saying be weary. Just saying they're a bunch of frauds. Most of them are frauds. Yes. Yeah. Because they're also the biggest, uh, um, you know, you hear stories of uh, uh, day rapists. They're Here's the, the thing. Men are frauds in general. Yeah. Let's be honest. Especially yes. when now men here, when they're married and settled down, they're much less fraudulent. In most, well, most no, of them. you turn into business. You, <laughs> you turn a into a, a you, you turn into a respectable member of society. No, you stop paying attention. You do, you do. Your fraud goes elsewhere. You're not your fraud, fraud goes elsewhere. Exactly. Oh yeah, your yeah. fraud goes to business. To, you're cheating yeah, your taxes exactly. or yeah. cheating at podcasts or whatever you need to cheat at to get ahead. But exactly. uh, but men cheating at podcasts. It's evolutionary. It's like men have to figure out a way to procreate. We have to. So we make up things. Men have been, you know, men have been making up before the internet. It's before the internet became a big thing where you could look up things on your phone. Men were lying about their jobs, lying about things about their lives. It was the golden age of lying. It was the golden age of lying. You tell an instant lie, like, oh, I wrote a, yeah, I'm a screen, I'm an Academy Award. I'm a producer. Who's going to look it up? I'm a producer. I'm a, no, and yeah, it's like the catfishing thing. Once you show up at that date, what are you going to leave? You're like, all right, I'm here. I'm going to have a drink with this person. Maybe I'll like them. It works. So you're, Men have always, I mean, like, are we supposed to be shocked that men are pretending to care about stupid, um, not stupid is the right word, but to care about, like, it's one thing to be progressive or liberal minded, but to be that interested in it, that it's your, defines your being. Of course, most men don't think that way. They're trying to impress a woman who might think that way. Yes. They're, 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 you know, it's, this is normal. You should not, you should not date someone just because of their political views. It's on you. What I find wild here is that this is written by Vice Magazine. (laughs) No one has woke fish society more than Vice Magazine. Yeah. And 20 years ago, like I said, they were counterculture. They were free speech. And because that didn't pay the bills, they've now switched into like the wokest of woke out there. And now they're back and now they're making money. So, yes, I agree with them. And I also think they should look inward. And that's right, all no, no, that's a good point, because that's like we were talking about basketball or like a lot of businesses become more woke if it makes them profitable. If it's good for making sure. money, the bottom line, all of a sudden they get an awakening. So men are the same way. Men are like, oh, it's good for business of meeting women to be woke. I'll be woke. And some men are really woke, you know, but ultimately you're there. probably, women are probably going to be happier with the man who's not as woke as, you know. Wait, the, the, the person who's being themself, who's being who's honest. Being themselves. Yeah. And, and is able to have a laugh about something. And, yeah. Have a laugh. Have a laugh. That's it. That's the podcast. That's the show. You guys, this is Lost in America. We also do live from the bunker four days a week. Uh, We will be tomorrow. If you want to hear us tomorrow, just Cap and I, 
half an hour a day, four days a week, five bucks a month. Yeah. Go to lostinamericapod.com slash, no, so go to lostinamericapod.com or go re- to patreon.com slash lostinamericapod. Exactly. And please rate and review us on iTunes or Spotify or any of these places where you find your podcasts. You know, yeah, leave helps. a review. Give us leave a five-star rating. Give us some love. A five the star. least you could do. It is the least. This show is for you, idiots. <laughs> That's, That's it, Cap. What yeah. should we do? I think it's it's about noon, and I, I think as a parent, I should start drinking. I, I, I'm inspired by our new segment. I haven't been drinking enough. I'm going to go make myself a drink over my lunch and make myself a martini, and I'm going to get lost. Get lost. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.